Gaza has been slammed shut. The Meanwhile, an escape route from the deadly conflict in Gaza has been slammed shut. The Rafah crossing in Egypt was due to be open for six hours today to allow foreigners to leave the Palestinian territory. Now, that includes 150 people with ties to Canada. But that opening never opened. We'll bring you more on that in just a moment. Also this hour, the deadline has passed for hundreds of thousands of people fleeing northern Gaza to try and move to the south to use two roads that Israel specified as safe evacuation corridors. For some already trying to flee, the journey has proved deadly. Video verified by BBC and CNN shows the aftermath of an Israeli strike on a Palestinian convoy of vehicles. At least 12 people, including children, have been killed. This video obtained by Reuters shows wounded people, including a young girl and a paramedic, being rushed into hospital. For its part, Israel insists its actions, of Hama its actions are against Hamas militants and not against civilians. We've seen active efforts by Hamas to block these people from leaving, which I think is appalling at a whole, a whole new level. And once we'll see that the situation will be permissible for significant combat operations, then they will commence. Ahead of an expected ground invasion, Israel's bombardment of Gaza continues. Its air force now claiming a drone strike killed the Hamas commander, who led the cross-border attack on Israeli settlements a week ago today. Paul Hunter is part of the CBC News team that's out on the ground in Israel. He's at the Damascus Gate in Jerusalem. Paul, it seems hopes were raised, then dashed for dozens of Canadians who are trying to get out of Gaza. What's the latest on that Rafah border crossing into Egypt? Yeah, and we've heard from the family of uh, some of the Canadians uh, stuck in Gaza on this. Uh, and we're told that they were told, the uh, Canadians in Gaza this morning, to get to the Rafah gate, uh, that it would be open for a period of time, five hours, noon until five uh, uh, here, uh, and they could have passage. And so the idea was to get there. But what is already there are thousands of people because that is the only way out for anybody in Gaza right now. All the other borders, which are with Israel, uh, are closed. So there's this mass of people at the Rafah gate to begin with. So the first thing was not enough time to get down there. But then came word just before noon, before it was even supposed to open, uh, that it would not open, that the international agreement that was theoretically in place to allow that to happen had fallen apart. And remember, this also involves uh, a number of other countries with uh, nationals inside uh, the Gaza Strip. There's some 500 Americans uh, uh, among them, but the 150 Canadians. So it never opened. And there is some frustration and anger, uh, one, certainly one can presume by the Canadians in Gaza, but we certainly were hearing it from their family uh, who have contacted uh, CBC. They did what they were told, nothing happened. There has been a suggestion that on the Egypt side of the Rafah crossing, there is aid waiting to get in, as it were. Uh, but there's that blockade. And some, as the suggestion goes, that the deal would be Egypt would open the gate uh, for those five hours if some of the aid was allowed in. 
don't know what happened. Bottom line, whatever agreement was in place has fallen apart. The U.S. State Department is meanwhile saying to its people, the 500 Americans in Gaza, hang tight. Don't stray far from the Rafah crossing because it might open again. So, you, you know, we've, for the moment, yeah, slammed shut. But maybe not permanently. They're still talking would be the inference we can draw from that. Um, so the degree... Off access to some of the sites of the worst atrocities committed by Hamas militants. Um, we were, however, able to gain access to one kibbutz, one small community that came under attack. And walking around, it was clear that the residents stood no chance against the gunmen. Uh, you know, the latest report suggests that a total of around one and a half thousand Hamas militants infiltrated from the Gaza Strip into Israel and some reports suggest that some of the victims may have been decapitated, beheaded, but really such a horrific level of violence was used. The bodies of so many of the victims are in such a bad condition that it's hard to know if it's true or not. What is clear is that men, women and children were ruthlessly and mercilessly killed. A warning that some of the images in our report are distressing. They're still finding dead bodies here. We're in a small, tight-knit community, torn apart by horrific violence. Have a duty machine gun against uh, the shoot people with those. The inhabitants of Kafar Aza have either fled, been taken hostage, or murdered. Festive decorations put up shortly before the attack still hang from homes. The Israeli military have brought us here as they finish sweeping the area. Amongst the debris, unexploded grenades. Walking through here, seeing what's left of people's homes, people's lives, you get a sense of just how terrifying it must have been for the residents when the gunmen launched their assault. Some of the bodies of the militants are still here. There's a strong smell of death in the air. Israel has been left traumatized by just how deadly this rampage was. And there's still the threat from rockets fired from Gaza. The focus now the awful task of retrieving and identifying bodies. This salvage team has just arrived here from the site of the massacre at a music festival. Some of them try to hide, and we see them in a position like defending position. And this is pretty much, you asked me about what they saw, the smell there, the, the thinking about what they uh, had in their few seconds of life. The last one, uh, about the fray, about the horrors that they went through. Teachers Shlomi and Shah are just two of the hundreds upon hundreds of victims murdered in their homes. They believed in peace between the communities and sent their daughter Shia to a school with Jewish, Muslim and Christian children. She spent hours terrified and alone in a safe room whilst the attack took place. I couldn't um, 
turn on the lights. Will they hear me? Will they know I'm home? As we talk, warning sirens blare. As long as you're in Israel, you're a threat. There have been barrages of rockets throughout the day. We're in a hospital where Shia's teenage brother is undergoing surgery. He was with her parents when they died. We talked to her brother and we asked him what happened. I told him, I need to know. He said that um, as soon as the red alerts started, they ran into a safe room and uh, they heard at some point glass breaking and then uh, they heard people walking in their house and they heard them outside of the safe room wow um that was an unbelievable footage that just watch as the israel and hamas war is getting out of hand um with their war with their attack levels amongst each other it has cost the country a lot and lots of money. The recovery effort is going to cost a lot of money, but the most important thing is so many men, women, and children's lives are lost. Children, their heads have been decapitated over in Israel by the Hamas group. Israel struck back, killing um, over 70 people, including children, killing their leader, Ali Kwadi. On um, the channel here on um, Al Jazeera website, I'm going to read some of this here. Um, a little bit of development here. The seventh day of the Israel-Hamas war began with a grim warning from Israel for Palestinian, excuse me, Palestinians in Gaza to flee the northern reaches of the enclave within 24 hours. A demand the UN Secretary General dismissed as impossible. Observers also believe the order is laying the groundwork for an Israel ground incursion into Gaza. Read about the strategic implications later on. Um, go to their website. It's very interesting. Here's another development um, from yesterday. Hamas officials say dozens of Palestinians have been killed in Israel strikes as they attempt to heed Israeli orders to evacuate the northern Gaza Strip. International organizations, including the National, the, I'm, I'm sorry, the United Nations, have condemned the Israeli demand. The World Health Organization says this amounts to a death sentence for vulnerable hospital 
patterns. A Reuters journalist was killed and six other media workers wounded, including two Al Jazeera staff by Israeli shelling in the south of Lebanon. So hospital patients are vulnerable due to the um, attacks. Rockets, missiles has been shooting around the hospitals. Uh, it is an unsafe place to be. People can be going out to lunch, enjoying life. The missiles will strike a restaurant. Children playing, having a good time. All of a sudden, the bullet strikes them. It's a heartbreaking situation. It really is. And um, prayers go out to the Israelis. Prayers go out to the innocent people of Hamas. And the innocent people over in the Palestine. Okay. um, Let's just call it. Let's just call it the... uh, Definitely want to protect the men, women, and children up in Israel. Israel is like the ally to America. Ever since Biden got into the office, I know you guys have heard the story that he is trying to send, or yeah, he's trying to send six billion to the Palestinians. Now, I am going to um, read that article, and it's a heartbreaking situation. It really is. Hold on one second, everybody. Hold on one second, everybody. This here is um, okay. This is from the hold on. I'm sorry, everybody. I apologize. I apologize. Let me let me get it together. Now. Here's the AP news. A memo shows that President Joe Biden is sending $8 billion to the military aid to Israel. Let me repeat that again on the um, AP news. A memo shows that President Joe Biden is sending $8 billion in military aid aid to Israel now they're saying is a false assessment the memo being widely shared has been altered 
and the issue was in July 25th and, and authorized up to $400 million in military aid to the Ukraine. Now, they're saying the memo is fake. All right. However, and let me repeat. However, there is a story that refutes. All right. Return here. This is from Reuters website, October 11th, 2.55 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. U.S. President Joe Biden pledged to bolster military support for Israel following an unprecedented attack by Hamas militants that has killed more than 1,000 Israelis, prompted an intense retaliation against the Palestinian-controlled Gaza Strip. All right. Okay. It's fine. Fine. Let's go to another website. The Jewish Virtual Library says something different. Fulfilling a campaign promise to restore aid to the Palestinians cut off by President Donald Trump, President Biden announced plans to provide the Palestinians with $290 million in assistance. The State Department insisted the allocation was consistent with the U.S. law through some members of Congress. Hmm. Well, let's read this part here. At the end of March 2021, the administration announced it was providing $15 million in coronavirus assistance and another $75 million in assistance for infrastructure, health, and civil society groups. At the beginning of April, the administration informed lawmakers they will give the Palestinians $40 million additional for law enforcement and security and another $10 million for peace-building programs through the U.S. Agency for International Development. Supporting an enduring solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is a core U.S. national security objective said the State Department and said in the notification as an essential part of the effort, the United States government assistants seek to build professional and accountable security and criminal justice institutions that maintain security and stability in the West Bank. All right. So there is an article saying that, okay, Biden is going to give two million. I'm sorry, two billion to the Israelis. But there's another article that said that he's actually going to give the money to the Palestinians. 
But here it is. There is so much money America is given to countries, to foreign countries. And here in America, we're supposed to be the wealthiest country in the world. We're basically in a trillion dollar deficit that is like the point of no return. It is, this is a sad situation and very heartbreaking. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it has been one of the most heartbreaking situations where the gas prices has risen. The, um, North American project with Canada and with Mexico, as far as the, um, oil connection has been shut off. That is the major cause of the gas prices rising. All right, trades and tariffs have been declining. All right. Before um, Biden took office during the Trump administration, during that era, there has been peace all over the world. Um, the security of America has has actually been strong. You haven't really heard about any kind of conflict or war towards America. All right. It was the alpha male presidency that has made America an economic and military superpower. Let's fast forward to right now. Trillion dollar deficit. Our military is not what it once was. Multiple wars have been fought. The Afghanistan was a disaster, was an embarrassment. Israelis and Hamas, they're destroying each other, destroying each other's children. Palestinians and the Ukrainians are getting funded by the left and the right wing associates here in our government. The president has co-signed for it. So many people have suffered. Have you looked at New York City lately? So many homeless people are living out in the street without proper aid. And then they add on top illegal immigrants. Okay, it has quadrupled the rat population. And when you add those all together... It has become an unsafe environment. The toxicity has increased. We got to 
We got to help and support our homeless people, especially the homeless veterans. They, they need to be treated better than this. All right, they need to be treated a lot better than this. Homeless people are humans too here. I'm talking about the ones who are here legally. All right. They deserve a... Hey, if a man or a woman out in the street, if they're willing to help themselves, give them a helping hand. But what's heartbreaking is homeless military vets who gave their blood, sweat, and tears to protect this country. They're getting ignored. Ignored in a big way, especially in big-time blue cities like New York, L.A., Chicago, even Dallas. It's... um, is is very heartbreaking to say the least. And um the left the left has basically pimped out the black community for so long. They talk about black issues, they talk about eliminating student loan debt, but they use those phrases just to get into office, the oldest trick in the book. Now, while Republicans, yeah, they're guilty of, you know, not allowing the student loan debt to be forgiven. The student loan debt forgiveness should have been done earlier when the Democrats had power in the House, the Senate, and the White House. They could have done that earlier. But they chose to um, play the political route and stab Americans in the back. Israel. The Israeli leaders, they need to do better than this. They're just as guilty for not allowing or not protecting the men and women and children. In Israel, prayers for Israel. Same thing in Hamas, prayers for the innocent men, women, and children in Hamas. A real alpha male president would not even give funding to these countries. For one, the alpha male president that we had before would be like, I'm taking care of my country first. America comes first. If you guys continue to rip each other's heads off during this war, I will not fund you a a single penny. You're not getting anything. Not even a state dinner. All right. So hopefully there is peace between the two countries. We pray for peace and healing. Because this war is getting out of hand. It really is.
All right, I will be right back. And I am going to talk about the importance of entrepreneurship, which is a must here for everybody to listen to. So sit back, relax, and stay tuned. Hey everybody, welcome back to Inner Visions of Sunra Rick's podcast. Yes, um, I wanted to thank people um, over at Instagram. This is where I got my name from. Um, I'm closing in on, um, I'm almost at 2,000 followers. 2,000. To have almost 2,000 followers is... A blessing and I say that because I'm gonna tell you a couple of years ago I was only at as a, when I first started to do podcasting I only had like what true story I didn't even had 200 I was at what 181 followers two years ago and I, I I didn't think I would get this far. Now, to somebody who is in the upper echelon of podcasting, 2,000 might seem like it's nothing, but to me, it's like a major accomplishment because I'm taking it one step at a time, and I am trying to come into my own as far as developing my own homemade style of podcasting. Now, you guys can... Do your podcasting any way you want to, but for me, I do it my way because it is convenient. Some people are telling me, why don't you have guests? I'm like, down the road, I will have guests, but to me, I'm doing news commentating by by myself right now. Down the road, I will have some guests, but... Right now, I'm enjoying the fun. I'm enjoying the process. I'm enjoying all of this. This is very similar to Intervisions of a Political Side Hustler. Um, But I'm going to rename this Intervisions of Sunra Rick's Podcast. I I feel like this is the better route. All right. Now, here's this next topic that I want to talk about. Entrepreneurship. Now, I've noticed there are so many people out here who are looking for a job, who's looking to take care of their wife, to take care of their child, to take care of their ill parents or grandparents. They want to make a living for themselves and others. But they can't seem to get that job. They can't seem to be accepted. All right. Um, Some say, hey, they just don't have the experience. They just don't have the resume. Others will come up with another excuse. Well, they're doing a hiring freeze. Other people are saying that, well, 
you have a great resume, but we already filled the position. Well, I'm going to tell you like it is here. There are so many people out here who are being blackballed in the job market. Okay. I I need to say this here. And I need to say this very clearly. All right. Now they say that these employers have this friendly competition going to see who has the most sales, who has the best products, who has the best cell phones, who have the best technologies, who has the best clothes, the best shoes, like Foot Locker versus um, Nike, or Nike versus Adidas, or Adidas versus Converse, or Converse versus Pumbaa. All right, the Gap Store versus um, New York and Co. Clothing Store. Um, all right, let me make another example. Tesla versus Nissan or Nissan versus Toyota. You have Visa versus MasterCard. Exxon Mobil versus... Um, BP Mobile. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a lot. And you're thinking they have this competition against one another. But I want to tell you this here. They might seem to have competition amongst each other. But they're all a fraternity. They're a straight up fraternity. All right. They all work under this one investment giant. Okay. They seem to be in competition, but in all actuality, there is a brotherhood, sisterhood that they're dealing with because they're under the same investment giant. The investment giant is the one making these business decisions for them okay they're the ones that are coming up with the ideas for them to invest make money because their 401ks are under this investment giant BlackRock okay BlackRock has people who are let me put it to you this way BlackRock controls many retailers, car dealerships, Apple Inc. Their portfolio, 5.58%. Shares own 1.4 billion. The value, 201.66 million dollars, billion dollars. In value. Let me repeat that. 201.66 billion dollars. 
Microsoft Corporation. $536.25 million. Their value is $182.61 billion. Amazon Com Inc. I'm sorry, Amazon.com Inc. is being owned by BlackRock. NVIDIA Corporation. Alphabet Inc. Tesla Inc. Meta Platforms. Alphabet Inc. Here is in the medical field, United Health Group Inc. Berkshire Hathaway Inc. Johnson & Johnson. Lily, Eli & Co. Visa Inc. Exxon Mobil Corporation. JP Morgan Chase. Their value is $27.9 billion. Exxon Mobil, $29.17 billion. Broadcom Inc. They are up 6.15%. Their value is $27.48 billion. MasterCard Corporation. Procter & Gamble. Got Home Depot. PepsiCo Inc. Coca-Cola. Cisco Systems. Pfizer. Walmart. McDonald's. Oracle Corporation, Texas Instruments, Bank of America, Netflix, Wells Fargo, Disney, Bristol, Myers, Intel Corp, Nextera, Verizon Communications, Comcast Communications. They all have a billion dollar value all across the world, but especially here in America. So when you are trying to find a job, let's say that you got fired from Coca-Cola because of attendance issues. Then you go into the so-called uh competition in Pepsi trying to get the same executive position like you did in Coca-Cola. Right? But here's the thing. While they run up your resume, they end up calling, PepsiCo calls Coca-Cola and they want to talk about this employer what value they bring, but if if there's any issues that they had. And, they, and Coca-Cola says, oh, they have this attendance issue. Oh, they're a good worker, but their attendance is off for this and that. Pepsi could have easily brushed it off and saying, hey, let's make Coca-Cola regret that they ever fired her. But instead... They do research and they believe Coca-Cola's story 
The key thing is they reach out to their competition. And so unfortunately, that person didn't get the job, et cetera, et cetera. Do you guys really think that they're in competition with each other? They are all under the same investment corporation that's in charge of their 401ks to their employers or employees. I'm sorry. Do you really think they're in competition? No, they're a brotherhood, sisterhood. They're all a fraternity. They work together just to make money off of the investments. It's not a competition. It's about investing. It's about becoming a financial giant. They want employees to who fits their bottom line, their brand. And if that employee talks and stands up to what is right and what's wrong, that person who is a stand-up kind of person is going to be a threat to that corporation. And corporations are scared of it. They're scared they'll do anything in their power to blackball that employee. Now you ruin that employee's life by not giving them a job. Then you tell other corporations to um, not hire that person because if they go against the um, orders, they're going to be kicked out. They're going to lose money, threaten to shut it down. It has happened. It has happened. Okay, this is the truth about working for an employer. Hey, same thing in industrial companies like General Dynamics, Huntington Ingalls, many defense corporations. All right, they are underneath. Black Rock. They are, um, yeah, it is. They're underneath a an investment giant. They get their four hundred one k's, the retirements from them. All right, this that's how Black Rock funds these companies. Now I tell people this all the time, and I want you to listen. Listen good. If you work for these companies, keep, you know, just until you have a backup plan, do whatever you can to keep your job, do the best you can, follow their rules, come to work on time, do the best job that you can do. All right. That's where you need to become an entrepreneur. That's where you have to step out and create a side hustle. Do research. Do what you can do to make money. Realtors were making a whole lot of money through the 1031 exchange. 
they were making thousands. Some even make millions because they followed up on the 1031 tax code. Soon as a new president came in from the left, regulations started to happen. It's harder for more people to make money off of the 1031 exchange, even if it is for equal value or if you're trying to increase the value of a lower value house. It makes it harder now, but still obtainable to make money. I tell people, look into entrepreneurship. Now is the time. Podcasting, actually, there used to be a podcasting uh, platform called Anchor. That's where I came from. Now I'm under Spotify. And I miss Anchor. I really do. It was the best experience as far as, you know, getting in and, you know, ambassador ads, things of that nature. With Spotify, they have intensified their requirements I'm just you know I'm just telling it like it is you know for those of you who have been blackballed in the corporate or I should say the uh, workforce arena I'm gonna put it to you like this Keep your head up. There are still ways to make money. Go into entrepreneurship. You don't really have to start off with money through entrepreneurship. If you're doing something like podcasting, you know, if you have a subscription for um, Spotify, sign up for it. It's nothing to it. Some of it is free. All right. Now, down the road, if you need your show to be promoted, or if you're trying to do other things like in podcasting equipment, yeah, it does take money. But keep your regular job until your business blooms out of control. When it blooms, then you can tell your employer, Good night. The party's over. I'm out. Yes. Because in all reality, these corporations, these companies are really good friends. They really have each other's back. But there are times where, I'm going to put it to you like this, to be real honest, they don't really have your back like talking about if it comes to when it comes to saving money and investment the key word is saving an investment if they bring in this hot shot that is going to light up the world and if they're forced to cut people They will do that. This is why it is a cold, 
cold world. And it's a serious business. And it's a business and it's a club that they are a part of. And you know what? They are a part of the club. Like George Carlin says, and you ain't in it. That's right. That's right. So the best solution is entrepreneurship. Is to be your own boss. Is to make money. Make some extra money outside of your employer. All right. Because entrepreneurship is where it's at. All right. An entrepreneur is a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risk in order to do so. All right. So what is it like to be an entrepreneur? What does it mean? A person who starts a business and is willing to risk loss in order to make money. That's right. But it's also much more than that, isn't it? It's about passion. It's about recognizing opportunities and generating innovative, creative ideas. You can be very creative on your own. And benefit it if it works out to your advantage. All right. Like it, like you said, it takes money to grow your own business. But it takes mind power. It takes dedication, work. Even taking time away from your family. It might hurt a bit. But it's worth it at the end when it succeeds. That's right. So I hope I dropped that deep knowledge. I hope you hope you guys are learning from this on the Israeli Hamas attack on entrepreneurship. It has been a fun, fun podcast. It's been a serious one, too. So um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank Spotify, but I want to thank the people in general. I thank you for listening. I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for everything. I really, really love you guys from the bottom of my heart. Yearning is learning. Yearning, learning is what you do. Quote Maurice White. So until tomorrow, y'all be blessed. Y'all stay safe. I'm out. And I forgot, special shout out to Don Nicoleone. Please come back. Please bring your ass back and make some new episodes on the Don Nicoleone show. Much love to WGAG Radio. Much love to all of you. I'm out.